Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. What's going on, everyone? It's Taylor Cowles here from CLNS Media, and it's Jets Week. Patriots are coming off a tough division loss against the Miami Dolphins, but they'll have a chance to change their season around after an 0-2 start against the Jets, who they are 14-0 against in their past four meetings. So hopefully a bit of a confidence boost for them there. And to preview this game, going behind enemy lines with a friend of the show. He's a man of many names, covers the NFL draft and fantasy football for NBC Sports. He's the Jets pre and post game show host for SNY, and he's the co-host of the NFL Stock Exchange for PFF. Impressive, impressive resume. My pal, Connor Rogers. Connor, how you doing tonight, pal? I'm great, Taylor. Thanks for such a nice intro. Listen, you could have said just Jets pre and post game. There would have been no hard feelings. So I really, really <laughs> do appreciate that, man. It's always fun to chop it up with you. I need to make sure that people know who they're dealing with. Though. Uh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so obviously, Jets season kind of took a turn. We spoke about it briefly before the show. Aaron Rodgers goes down. Even, you know, as someone who's covered the Patriots for a long time, that's tough. You hate to see a good player, a franchise that was so excited, have to deal with something like that. But I just wanted to start off with Zach Wilson. Now, he's someone who's been, a, you know, an easy punching bag because he turns the ball over and the numbers aren't great in his favor. So I want to know, is there any, you know, maybe sign of optimism for Zach Wilson? Has he maybe improved in year three and given the Jets something to latch on to and be a little optimistic about? I think he looked better this summer. And I think, honestly, the first three quarters against Dallas before they were way out of that game and they had to start taking insane chances. I, it's hard to put all of that on him. I know it was easy to put it on him when the line doesn't block anyone and the defense gets completely outcoached. I mean, you're going to be out of the game. It doesn't matter what the quarterback does. So it, this goes a couple different ways, right? I, I think a lot of people have lost faith in Zach Wilson being what he was expected to be as the number two pick. And I think that's completely justified. And now you need him to be a capable backup with the floor that you feel like your run game and defense can still win you games. And that's the question the jets are trying to answer as they, you know, they need time right now. They need time. And it's not, I'm not saying they need time because they're praying for a miraculous Aaron Rodgers return in January. They need time as well, because let's be real. What veteran quarterback with a high floor is available at this time of year? No, no, even the bad teams aren't just selling off their capable backup because that sends the wrong message to their locker room that you're quitting on the season as well. So the Jets, you know, they're saying they have confidence in Zach Wilson. I do think they like the strides he made this summer. But then you also have to kind of go back to the fact that he's played his worst against New England and Belichick. There's no way around that. So as you're looking to see, you know, against Buffalo, some moments, also some struggles against Dallas, not a good game for the entire team. When you're looking for that get right game, is it New England? Because it never has been New England throughout his career. So the good news for Zach Wilson is if he has a really good game, then you actually can start to sell yourself on, okay, he, maybe he can get us through this little bit until we, you know, we're going to give him more opportunity. Uh, the, the, you know, glass half empty look is he, he has not been able to produce against the Patriots so far. So that's kind of where we stand with Zach Wilson. This is, it might be, I know it seems cliche and it might even seem like a little hyperbole, this is a pivotal moment in his career because it, it, no matter how you slice it, if the Jets end that 14-game losing streak against the Patriots, number one, right? It does a lot of things. It ends a 14-game losing streak that is bad for the franchise. It sends this year's Jets to 2-0 and in the division because they did beat a Buffalo team. 
And then everybody kind of starts to believe, okay, we're going to get through this. We're going to find a way to scratch and claw through games. We started off 2-0 in the division. Yes, we'll have the Chiefs the following week, but then we have the Broncos. The Jets can find a way to get to 3-3 three and three out of this brutal start they have. It kind of changes the entire picture of this. If you lose to New England for the 15th time in a row and Zach Wilson still can't figure out how to be not great, not good, just mediocre against Belichick's defense, I mean, you know, that's where you're starting to kind of look at it a different way. So th- this is a huge, huge game for Zach Wilson and the Jets. Yeah. And a lot of Wilson's mistakes against the Patriots, some self-inflicted, some due to pressure. Now, when you look at the pressure numbers for the Jets this season, Ooh. they're not good. They're actually quite abysmal. But as we know, when it comes to pressure, some of that could be on the quarterback and some of that could be on the offensive line. I've been asking the Patriots, you know, what do you see from this front? They mentioned they're versatile, they're athletic, and they're physical. Do you think that the numbers reflect how this unit's been? Also, in terms of the run blocking, how effective have they been in both phases? Or do you think that some of that kind of falls on the quarterback in his maybe holding on to the ball or getting himself into trouble? I mean, Taylor, this is the situation. When a metric is this bad, right, it's everyone. There's no one individual. There's no one unit. There's no – when a metric is this bad, it comes down to the personnel. It comes down to the coaching and play calling. And it comes down to the guy under center, right? Mm. Because things – if one of those three are capable, then it won't be that bad. If two of the three are capable, it will be a little better than that. So, and, and we can get into some of that, right? When you look at Hackett has not done it. Okay. So some of it also is the fact they did play the Dallas Cowboys who they're going to slaughter a lot of fronts this year. I'll, I'll be out in front with that. Michael Parsons is probably a locked to win defensive player of the year, but they did nothing to help themselves against them. And The run game is the weird one to figure out because against Buffalo, they ran the ball effectively. Brees Hall had some big runs. Dalvin Cook had some solid runs. They ran the ball against Buffalo and they got their tight ends involved in the run game against Dallas. They they couldn't even get anything going on the ground, but they couldn't pass protect at all. They didn't help. You know, they have an old left tackle in Dwayne Brown that needs help against the top tier guys. I put Matthew Don in that category as well. You got to start shipping these edge rushers. They don't do that for them. They got away from 13 personnel. They were successful with it week one. They got away from it in week two. They got away from Jeremy Ruckert being on the field. They have not stressed the back end of defenses by putting McCall Hardman's speed on the field. Another one that I can't explain. So there's a personnel issue. That's the coach's fault. There's an execution issue. That's the coach's fault. There's a quarterback issue of, hey, the thing is with Zach Wilson, right? He comes out of the game, it comes into the game, and he does remember all the things he needs to be better at, and he's getting the ball out. As the game goes on and the Jets are falling into a hole, he starts to hold the ball longer and tries to make a play. And you got to applaud a guy for that mentality because if you don't make a play, you're not winning the game anyway. But you are holding the ball long and taking some sacks that might not be on the offensive line of the play calling, and the offensive line simply is not good enough in pass protection to play like that. So I know it kind of sounds like, you know, our pets heads are falling off here, but that's how you get here when it's when it's that brutal. So what do you think? I was going to ask about Garrett Wilson, but at this point, I feel like you mentioned they're not putting McCole Harvin on the field. They're maybe not putting guys in position to succeed. If you were able to take control of this offense, you know, just even for this week, what, how would you maybe put those pieces in a better position to give Zach Wilson a chance and the offensive line a chance to have more success than what we've seen so far? I'm glad you asked this because I'm doing this film room for SNY pregame on Sunday at 12 o'clock because so what I've been looking at this week is this year week. One, you know, it's a small sample size, right? But week one, 
Jeremy Rucker was one of their most effective run blockers. Week two, they decide that he really is not going to play. It's going to be CJ Uzama. CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin are not getting it done as blocking tight ends. Rucker is. So Rucker needs to be back on the field as a blocking tight end because his athleticism as a run blocker really opens up those stretch runs and those those long runs for Brees Hall. Ruckert is a guy that can get his hands on linebackers, safeties, and corners and, and land on his target. Those guys, the good, the bad thing with DBs is that they're smaller and quicker and harder to get hands on. The good thing is they're light, and when they're light, they get relocated to the sideline. That's what Ruckert's good at. So mm-hmm. second-level blocking, Ruckert needs to be involved. The other thing is find easier ways to get the ball on your playmaker's hands, right? And it's funny because one of the times where they did a good job of this was against New England last year. They ran a pitch pass to Garrett Wilson at a shotgun and in motion, and Garrett Wilson took off up the took off up the sideline and, and got a huge gain off of it. They have not done any of that this year. You've got to get him involved and get the ball in his hands because he's not just a good receiver before the catch. He's a phenomenal playmaker with the ball in his hands. And then it's great that Brees Hall ripped off some big runs week one. Brees Hall needs to be used in the pass game. And you look at a route they had against the Bengals last year, an angle route where they threw him the ball and he makes a couple of guys miss. He had the wheel route against Miami. Brees Hall is a big time playmaker in the pass game. And it's easier for the quarterback to throw to the running backs. They're usually layup kind of throws rather than these longer developing, slow developing wide receiver routes that Zach Wilson has had his ups and downs with. So that is all on the, that is all on Nathaniel Hackett, right? We could sit here and take the low hanging fruit and pile on Zach Wilson. But when you're not doing those things for Zach Wilson, you're doing your team a disservice. So those are some of the ways that they can get Brees, Garrett Wilson, and a more effective run game going. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call one 800 GAM1234. Funny you mentioned that Garrett Wilson, the big play where he got on like a jet pass because the Dolphins actually broke a big play against the Patriots. They've been leaning into more cover zero. And I was like, we're going to see that again. It's got to happen. And then in the run game, I noticed that people have been saying on the Pats that this is a downhill team. I noticed with Brees, it's been a lot of like duo. And when it's outside, it's kind of bouncing when guys are inside. But Dalvin Cook, you expect more to be an outside zone kind of guy, although he's very good downhill as well. He's not one-dimensional. Do you think that these running backs, maybe especially Dalvin Cook, is he being used in the best capacity? Do you think there should maybe be more outside stuff? Or do you think the downhill running style is what fits best for both of those guys? So I think the problem with Dalvin right now, and and you nailed it, when you look at Dalvin right now, uh, 12 downhill rushes, five outside, right? That seems like a bad ratio for him. But what I will say to be fair to Nathaniel Hackett, Dalvin Cook isn't where he needs to be yet. He got into camp late. 
He had a shoulder injury that he wasn't ready to practice right away. He's not humming on all cylinders right now to be that outside zone threat with juice that we're used to. So I think that's a big part of it with Brees. It's a little bit more even. And, and I like that with Brees, because if you get too stretch happy and outside zone happy with Brees, it can become a little predictable. If you keep him running inside and outside where he's effective, you know, you have the threat of his speed. So I think the problem is Dalvin's not ready to be that guy yet. With Brees, teams know it's coming so they can kind of sit on it. Sometimes it doesn't matter. That's just how talented Brees Hall is. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of where they are with the backfield right now is that I, I'm guessing this, Taylor. They came into the year and they knew Dalvin Cook doesn't need to be peak Dalvin Cook in September because we have Aaron Rodgers and we can plan around that. And then in October, we're going to be firing all cylinders with peak Dalvin Cook, peak Brees Hall, Aaron Rodgers in the pass game. You get hit with a haymaker four plays into the season. Aaron Rodgers is out for the year. Now you turn around and you Dalvin Cook to be Dalvin Cook. You need Brees Hall to be ramping up the workload coming off a torn knee. So that's kind of the, you know, catch 22 of where the Jets are at in this run game is that they might not be ready to have the explosive run game we think they can have, but they also don't really have a choice right now. Mm -hmm. So moving on to the defensive side of the ball, things are a little more optimistic for the Jets. One thing that Patriots coaches and players have been harping on is the depth in the defensive front, especially the line. And that's pretty fair because other than I'd say maybe the Eagles, this is the deepest defensive front in football. But for clarity, how did their rotations work? Because, you know, there's some teams that have like a group that they use for run situations, some for pass. And with so many bodies who can do different things, how do those rotations work and where do the different pieces fit into the puzzle? Right. So the Jets, while they do come at you in waves and it's it's an insane group, it's a very talented group. It is easy. Maybe it's easy for me because I study this team literally nonstop throughout the year. But I would imagine an offensive coordinator is going to know what roles guys have. It's just a matter of if you can actually stop it. So you look at their front. We'll start with the headliner, Quinton Williams. He doesn't need to come off the field. Run, pass, it doesn't matter. He's a, a, th- a dream three-tech and shade nose for any defensive coordinator. You can even lo- have him line up at five-tech. Does It just doesn't matter. Qu- Quinton Williams would be the guy to me that I would say is the most well-rounded player up front. And John Franklin Myers might fit into that mold, too. He's a power rusher, but he's a good run defender. Then you have Jermaine Johnson. He plays a little heavier. They trust him on earlier downs to set a hard edge and rush with power. Then you have Carl Lawson, who does a little bit of the same thing there. But then you get away to the other guys on the team, right? Quentin Jefferson is their pass rushing interior defensive line. Al, and ironically, they both came from Seattle. Al Woods is their run stuffing, two gapping, nose tackle, space eating. Nobody's getting, nobody's running my way kind of player. And then you look at maybe a guy like Bryce Huff, who's a wide alignment rusher with speed. He's going to take your tackle wide on an island and try to cross his face or try to dip and rip. Same could be said for Will McDonald, who was inactive last week. I think he's going to be back up this week. Will McDonald looked really good over the summer. His explosiveness, his speed, he can rush very similar to Bryce Huff, but the difference is Will McDonald has really good length. Bryce Huff does not, but mm-hmm. Bryce Huff is a little bit more polished at what he does right now in terms of winning with that speed and leverage. So this is a deep, deep group. They have guys that can rush. And the thing is with the Jets, they're not an injury or two away from not being able to rush the passer. That's how deep they are in this group. The run defense, I think it's been good. I think Al Woods is really helped with that. You still have CJ Mosley in the middle. 
I am curious to see the middle of this defense against New England uh, coming into this game because I think this the Jets defense is really good. They can rush the passer with four. They can cover on the back end. Quincy Williams and Michael Carter are banged up. That's your that's your mm-hmm. off-ball linebacker in your slot. They're the guys that I would think can try to not stop or contain, but maybe neutralize a little bit Ramondre Stevenson and Hunter Henry. That's the number one thing to watch in this game is how does this Jets defense in the middle of the field, they're Chuck Clark's out for the year. Tony Adams is probably out for this game. So you're down two safeties already. We'll see if Quincy Williams and Michael Carter can give it a go in this one, but that would really hurt the middle of their field as well. And I would think that's where new England wants to attack with Mac Jones. I was watching the tape. I saw Quincy Williams had some pretty impressive play, pretty impressive plays when offenses try to single him out in one-on-one coverage, take advantage of me, like blew up a screen. I he saw can run. Play. Yeah, it's fast the recognition and everything. So I was going to ask about him, but now if you're saying he might not play, Michael Carter I, also one I of think the best. I think he'll leg through it. Okay, okay. I think he's going to leg through it. I know he got banged up last year. Um, if he's ruled out, they'd be in big trouble. I don't know. I don't think they'd beat Buffalo without him. But I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play through it. Okay, so then in that case, and Michael Carter as well, because I feel like those are two pieces of this defense to get overlooked because you got C.J. Mosley, middle linebacker, obviously Sauce, even D.J. Reed, I feel like is starting to get the recognition he deserves. But can you maybe touch more on Quincy Williams? Because, again, I was watching today, and I was like, you know, he's always been explosive and had all that, but it feels like maybe he's taken a step this year. And then Michael Carter, just show him some love as well so people understand what a presence he is in the slot. Without a doubt. I think when you look at Quincy, so what teams want to do against the Jets, who run a lot of quarters, plenty of cover one, they're a team that it's going to be hard to throw outside the numbers against them. Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed are one of the better corner duos in the league, and you do have a pass rush cooking that you're going to want to really look at your outlets, right, or try to find a soft spot of zone. And What Josh Allen was trying to do before he got a little reckless was I'm going to dump it down to James Cook because he's got speed. I'm not going to challenge these corners as much as I, I, you know, I might want to. And I'm going to make a linebacker come up and tackle him in space one on one. And Quincy answered the bell. He really, really did. They couldn't couldn't get those check down runs. I mean, to put it in perspective, Taylor, he was around 10 catchable targets week one. And one of them went for a first down, just one. So this is and he didn't miss a tackle in the past game. So this is somebody that. The click and close, the speed, the pursuit, and the tackling looked really, really good week one. I think the tackling took a step down in week two, but once again, the Cowboys are going to make a lot of teams look bad. So that's the the pivotal role with him on the field. With Michael Carter, it goes back to my argument of nobody really wants to challenge those outside corners across four quarters of a game. They'll pick their spots, but they're not going to go into a game going, we're going to go after Sauce Gardner 10 times. We're going to go after DJ Reed 10 times. Then you look at Michael Carter, who's a small slot. Maybe you can put a tight end out there and try to get a matchup that he struggles against the size of him. But to Carter's credit, he's another sturdy tackler. He's very sticky in coverage. He's hard to get away from. Um, he's got good change of direction out of the slot. I mean, he's a guy that you can you can rely on in there, and, and he's a part of their base defense as well. So, you know, they ask a lot of those guys in this defense, and, and they usually answer the call. You busy this fall to cook but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. Adjust your stride this autumn without missing a step. Choose from 34 plus weekly flavor packed, fresh, never frozen meals ready to eat in two minutes. 
Level up with Gourmet Plus options, prepared perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Too busy running around during the day to think about lunch? Keep your energy up with Lunch To Go. Effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave required. Looking for calorie conscious options during the busy season? Try delicious, dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 500 calories per serving. Need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best as you tackle a busy autumn? Try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 plus add-ons, including breakfast items like our delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. Or for an easy wellness boost, try refreshing beverage options like cold pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. We offset 100% of our delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for our production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in our meals. This October, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash patsdaily50 and use code patsdaily50 to get 50% off. That's code PATSDAILY50 at factormeals.com slash PATSDAILY50 to get 50% off. You mentioned up against tight ends. I'm going off script a little bit here, but the Patriots, last week we saw a spike in their 12 personnel usage. There were a lot of 11 personnel, especially against the Eagles. They really had to come back. Do you think that the Jets are going to match? You mentioned that the safety depth has been tested because they've had some injuries. Do you see them matching in just a standard nickel when the Patriots send out Kasiki and Hunter Henry together? Or are they maybe going to go traditional base where it's like a true 3-4? How do you think they're going to kind of uh, respond to that chess match? It's a really interesting question, right? Because when you look at it week one, they didn't seem too afraid of Dalton Kincaid. They didn't start to try to completely change things up that much. When you look at week two, once again, I mean, Jake Ferguson out there, like I, the Jets haven't gone into this mold and maybe it changes with Hunter Henry because he's been such a great threat these first two games of the season and a good player. But you're also you wonder, right, like if they were fully healthy, then maybe they throw that third safety out there and they've Adrian Amos on this team, which is really good depth for them. But now Adrian Amos needs to start. So if you had Tony Adams and Jordan Whitehead out there, OK, well, let's bring in a big nickel, right? And Adrian Amos and, and one of the safeties, probably Adams is going to bump down and cover Hunter Henry. Now, I don't know if they have that luxury anymore, where it's you got to maybe just see what Michael Carter could do. Maybe you have a linebacker bump at the line of scrimmage and have somebody still cover on the back end. This is a game where it's I call it a learning game, right? Let's see how they react to this, because this is a different offense. It's Here's the thing. Week one, Stephon Diggs. Week two, C.D. Lamb. Those are guys that can carry a passing attack on their own with volume. And... Now the Jets go against a team in New England that they have a volume of pass catchers, but they don't have a Diggs or a CD that can take over the game as a number one wide receiver. They're mm. going to look to throw to their running backs. They're going to look to throw to their tight ends. It might be more spread out. It might be more trying to find space more so than ever in the middle of the field. So will that change their personnel usage? Will they, you know, they're not going to do this yet. And I wonder if some point they, they start to, Will they get creative with Sauce Gardner? He plays a side. They don't move him. I, I get it. I really do because the defense has worked for them in the past, but I also am an advocate for if you have a great player, 
how do you ring out and maximize who he is, right? And if Sauce Gardner is always playing a side, a good coach is just going to say, cool, we'll look somewhere else. We don't care. So I, I wonder, and this won't be the week, but Hunter Henry goes for eight and 80 and a touchdown or two touchdowns. Does it start to make you rethink how static your defense can look at times? If you're the Patriots, where do you see as the areas where you may be able to attack this defense? I know we mentioned over the summer, it's kind of, it was probably safeties just because again, the corners are so good. Athletic linebackers. There's not, just not a lot of places that you really look at. And you're like, yes, I like that matchup. One thing I was thinking of was, okay, like you mentioned, sauce stays to one side. You need a big play. Maybe you put Devonte Parker on DJ Reed's side, yeah. Reed's side. Cause he's very good, but Devonte Parker, you know, that's his whole bread and butter is if I'm bigger than you, I'm probably going to be able yeah, to reach five, you. nine. Exactly. But on a consistent basis, even how do you see these matchups going and where can New England look to try to get some big plays and conversions? I think honestly, you look at the Dallas film and you go quick game. You got to neutralize the Jets front. You don't want to be taking these long drops that feeds into what they're good at. Right. You don't want Mac Jones taking these long, slow developing plays that they can open the door for a strip sack or start getting hits on him. I would think about neutralizing that with the quick game. I would get the screen game involved. I would run a lot of rub routes and picks to try to open up space. The reality is, right, and if I'm wrong on this, I'm wrong, but I don't think, I don't expect these Patriots receivers to just be running away from the Jets' corners in one-on-one situations. I don't. If you come into the game knowing that, well, then help them out, right? Clear out space. Clear, give them rub routes. Give them some, get Ramondre Stevenson going on delayed slip screens, right? Because for as good as the Jets' front four is, they also are very aggressive and they will overrun plays. And we've seen them get a little pass rush happy where they will, you know, they kind of start drooling when they see a, an alley to rush through and, and get the quarterback. And then the running back could slip out and, and catch a screen. And the same could be said for other skill groups as well. So I think for me, if I'm New England, I come out of this game and saying, okay, what will they give us? And let's try to take that right away. And I know the Jets will not give up you know, these long plays against them. It's just, it's not when they run quarters a lot, that's not how they're built. They're built to neutralize those big plays and make you run longer drives so they can try to get a takeaway. So if you're in New England, you counter with the slow and steady approach instead. And I think New England has no problem doing that. I'm really fascinated by this game because it feels like the Jets defense will, the way they play kind of plays into what New England wants to be on offense. And mm-hmm. what New England has been on offense the first two weeks to me, Taylor, is not what they want to be. I don't think they want Mac Jones dropping back a million times. Hey, let's air it out. Let's run into these games that we're in. I wouldn't call it a shootout, but we're in and we're into, we got to score a lot of points and we got to score them quickly. Jets Patriots feels like that grinded out, ugly field position matchup that both sides have no problem trying to get into. Yeah, because I mean, the Patriots have been trying to get some downfield stuff going where they could just manufacture it and take the opportunities into their own hands. They haven't been able to finish. So then it's become, okay, well, the offense, you know, if we're going to be this 10 play drive type of offense, we can't make mistakes. And that's where, for me, this is a learning game where it's been two weeks where they have slow starts, they turn the ball over, and they don't capitalize on opportunities against the Jets. If you manage to fix those things, then you could actually have a pretty productive day against a good defense because they're trying to stop something that you're not really great at, which is a lot of the downfield stuff. But they continue to make those mistakes. If they continue to stop themselves, like I think Saw said, it's not a complicated offense or anything like that, and that's by design. They try to get you more personnel and formations, but 
they do it very well. And I think he was being a little generous, but we will see. We're going to learn from this. And you mentioned last year, we had some very ugly games. The ugliest might've been the game at Gillette where Marcus Jones just kind of released us all from the prison of what that matchup was with the return touchdown to put it away. Do you think this is another game where special teams could be the difference maker? That's well, fortunately for the Jets and unfortunate for Marcus Jones, you know, I know he's dealing with the torn labrum from the Mm -hmm. Dolphins game. So the horror of reliving that might not exist, but there's always somebody ready to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So and ironically, the Jets did it to the Bills week one. Right. With Xavier Gibson. Mm -hmm. So I would be insane to think special teams don't play a big factor into this. And a problem for the Jets is they have found a great consistent kicking game with Greg Zerline. And of course he gets her at practice last week. We don't know if Greg Zerline is going to play in this game. He didn't play against Dallas. So I think could have blocked punt play a big factor into this game. Could some kind of return, you know, maybe from Gibson who, who would actually return now for new England in this could be Demario Douglas. Maybe that makes sense. Really that makes a lot situation, of sense. Or somebody like that, who they just yeah. like with the ball in his hands, but I think it'll be Demario. As a, a man of the NFL draft, I know Pop Douglas very, very well. So that I should have known the answer to that right away. Um, yeah, I mean, without a doubt, I think both teams have no problem taking the field goals in this game. I'd be very surprised if you saw either side in the first half go for it on fourth down on that opposition's territory. I think they'll say... Now, where the Jets kicking games might actually play into that, too, how confident they are in a backup kicker. But, yeah, I think the special teams is huge in this one because with Jets Patriots, it just feels like every single little ounce of the field will matter so much because this doesn't feel like a game that ends up 31-28. Yeah. Watch that be the final score now that I gave that quote. Knock on wood for everybody. Uh, All right, I'll get you out of here with this. You don't have to give a score prediction, but if you got one in your head, feel free to throw it out. And how exactly do you see this game playing out? I, I won't. I can't even. And I'm never afraid to do this. Like I, I picked the Jets to win week one against the Bills when I thought Rodgers was still playing. Got a little help there. OK, fair. I did not pick them to beat <laughs> Dallas. I thought I, and honestly, I, this is crazy. I don't think the Jets beat Dallas with Rodgers. Honestly, I just thought they were that outmatched in that game. This one, I, it's so hard to pick a side because. It is such a learning game for us. I do think the score will be very much in the 13 to 10 kind of range. Like I literally think each side maybe scores one touchdown. Maybe that's where I'm at in this game. I think, I think each side has no problem letting it go like that. I'll leave it like this without actually picking them. If the jets, this is a pivotal moment for Robert Sala. If the jets can't end this new England winning streak now, and I get it, Zach Wilson, it's not Aaron Rodgers anymore. But you're at home. This game's not in Foxborough, right? You are coming off a tough loss to Dallas. You're trying to salvage this season. Like, if you're Robert Sala, you really got to have this one, or else you're just never going to hear it, the end of it. And this is what I said all summer. The Patriots have a really good defense. The Jets on paper have more talent, but that hasn't meant anything right now because they've been outcoached by Belichick, and Zach Wilson has had his worst games against the Patriots. So. This is the ultimate test of, okay, you the town is caught up to where you think you needed it to be able to start taking over from New England in this division or trying to at least go one and one against them, win your home games. You got to win your home games in your division, right? I said mm-hmm. the same thing about the Bills. They had to beat the Bills at home because you've got to win those games. If you don't do it now, larger questions are going to be raised. But there's no, 
man, if, there's no way I see like a blowout on either side of this game. I hope you're wrong, man. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a blowout necessarily, but if we have to go through points? another game where, yeah, just points, that, just points. I don't think it'll reach that the Foxborough one last year. There's there, nothing could honestly match that. Subterranean bar is what that was. Hopefully we exceed that. Just get a little closer to ground level. Uh, Connor, fantastic time as always. Thank you so much for joining. Please let the people know where they can find you and what fantastic work you're going to give them ah, be coming out with this week. Yeah. So we're on fantasy football happy hour for NBC on Peacock, YouTube, uh, every single Monday to Friday, 12 to one. If you need fantasy help or you just like absolute nonsense, we have a really good time with that. For all the draft stuff, NFL Stock Exchange on PFF, my podcast with Trevor Sykema, and then everything else is just at Connor J. Rogers on Twitter, man. That's where we're always still cranking. I know it's not even Twitter anymore, but still holding on. Hold on, dude. It's always fun to catch up with you, especially this week when we get to talk about these two teams going at it. Let's pray for a much more exciting matchup. Absolutely. Thoughts and prayers for the fans. All right. Thank you again, Connor. Appreciate you, buddy. Again, great time. Thank you all for watching. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we will see you next time. Peace. Ever wish you could navigate the betting field with the confidence of a pro? Enter Odds Are. They're not a sports book, but they're the sports betting advisor you've always needed. It's like having a playbook for smarter bets right in your pocket. I've been absolutely loving the experience, and I think you will too. Especially since Patriots Press Pass listeners get a 30-day free trial. Elevate your game day and join the smart betting revolution. Go get it at oddsr.com slash press pass. That's oddsr.com slash press pass.